Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 90 on page 453. Lord, thou hast been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth, forever the earth and the world were made. Thou art God from everlasting, and world without end. Thou turnest man to destruction. Again thou sayest, Come again, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, as a, and as a watch in the night. As soon as thou scatterest <laughs> them, they are even as asleep, and fade away suddenly like the grass. In the morning it is green, and groweth up, but in the evening it is cut down, dried up, and withered. For we consume away in thy displeasure, and are afraid at thy wrathful indignation. Thou hast set our misdeeds before thee, and our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For when thou art angry, all our days are gone. We bring our years to an end, as it were a tale that is told. The days of our age are threescore years and ten, and though men be so strong that they come to fourscore years, yet is their strength then but labor and sorrow, so soon passeth it away, and we are gone. But who regardeth the power of thy wrath, or feareth aright thy indignation? So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Turn thee again, O Lord, at the last, and be gracious unto thy servants. O satisfy us with thy mercy, and that soon, so shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. Comfort us again now after the time that thou hast plagued us, and for the years wherein we have suffered adversity. Show thy servants thy work, and their children thy glory. And the glorious majesty of the Lord our God be upon us. Prosper thou the work of our hands upon us. O prosper thou our handiwork. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, 
world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 44th chapter of the book of Genesis. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his grain money. So he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning dawned, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys. When they had gone out of the city, and were not yet far off, Joseph said to his steward, Get up, follow the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one from which my Lord drinks, and with which he indeed practices divination? You have done evil in so doing. So he overtook them, and he spoke to them with these same words. And they said to him, Why does my Lord say these words? Far be it from us that your servants should do such a thing. Look, we brought back to you from the land of Canaan the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? With whomever of your servants it is found, let him die, and we also will be thy Lord's slaves. And he said, Now also let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my slave, and you shall be blameless. <clears throat> Then each man speedily let down his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. So he searched. He began with the oldest, and left off with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there. And they fell before him on the ground, and Joseph said to them, What deed is this you have done? Did you not know that such a man as I can certainly practice divination? Then Judah said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my Lord's slaves, both we and he also with whom the cup was found. But he said, Far be it from me that I should do so. The man in whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. And as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah came near to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing, and do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age who is young. His brother is dead and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. But you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall see my face no more. So it was, when we went up to your servant, my father, that we told him the words of my Lord, and our father said, Go back and buy us a little food. But we said, We cannot go down. If our youngest brother is with us, then we will go down, for we may not see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons, 
And the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he has torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. But if you take this one also from me, and calamity befalls him, you shall bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up with the lad's life, it will happen, when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. So your servants will bring down the gray hair of your servant our father with sorrow to the grave. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father forever. Now therefore please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me? lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father. Here ended the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the twelfth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. <clears throat> For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we will all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? <clears throat> but now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. <clears throat> and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we, who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, 
that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. We've been considering this uh, Genesis narrative as, in the way that it provides a kind of, or provides sort of thematic patterns for, for the spiritual life. And in our lesson from Genesis 44 today, we see um, this sort of pattern of the uncovering of, of the brother's guilt. Now, the uncovering is, you know, manipulated by Joseph in his interaction with them, but yet, the historical passage of time has has led them to a situation where they did something perhaps a couple decades ago that they've hidden and now in the light of their need and now they're they who who had, they had sold their brethren to slavery now you know are at his mercy and could in fact themselves become slaves and in in the way so what what they've done wrong is is uncovered now in the events of life and uh i think the key verse is of their confession is is verse 16 god has found out our iniquity and we think of that even the psalm this morning says in verse 8 thou hast set our misdeeds before thee and our secret sins in the light of thy countenance that um the passage of time i, I maybe this is a lesson that that we can't really run from ourselves and whatever it is that we've done wrong or done amiss, or even what's happened to us, all these things will come to light. You know, Jesus said this, whatever you've done in the darkness, we brought into light. Whatever you've whispered in the room, we shouted on the housetops. This is um, brought out in this story. And in our own experience of life, sometimes, you know, events happen to us that are that seem to be random or we didn't really deserve to have them happen and they confront us with uncomfortable things we have to now look at and it's a way of learning the lesson that whatever befalls us in life even when it's a negative thing it's an opportunity for us to look more deeply at ourselves what's what's going on in my life the, the event itself doesn't have to be directly related to what we're running from or the providence of God to, to present it to us as an opportunity to face ourselves. When we find ourselves in a, in a struggle, we can look more clearly at ourselves. And this is the providence of God in these stories. God is, is um, guiding these stories in such a way to bring about his will through human error, sin, selfishness, God's overarching providence leads Israel forward to God's will. And so in our own lives, to be aware of that overarching providence that 
we've done things we should not done, we've left undone things we ought to have done. And when this is brought to light, it's not for the purpose of condemnation, but we're going to see that this story is really a, a tremendous story of grace, because at the end of the day, when Joseph could nail his brothers, in fact, what he's going to do is he's going to realize, I've realized the larger purpose of life, that you all meant evil, but God meant it for good. And so Joseph embraces the overarching redemptive narrative and the ultimate you know, aim of the uncovering of the brother's sin is going to be they're going to experience grace. And Joseph, and you can see the types of the of the sort of uh, passion narrative and of, of Christ here, that Joseph, who could punish them for what they did to him, instead is going to save them and and they will they will, as it were, reign with him, participate in, in the in the benefits of of you know his success in Egypt, much as Christ, who who could uh, who was you know uh, in the Good Friday liturgy is always so powerful the way we understand our complicity in this crucifixion event, and yet uh, he will um, you know forgive us, Father, forgive them for you know what they do, and in the resurrection will present himself to us, and when we see Christ, we'll be convicted of our sin, but for the purposes of being brought into life and, and redemption. And I think that's the thing that we, we um, run from the things we run from and we push away the things we hide from because we think if we face them, we're going to be condemned or overwhelmed. But in fact, it is the, the facing of those things that leads us into the deeper experience of redemption. And I think this um, can connect us with the lesson from Corinthians about the body of Christ, that we're all connected to each other. And we see in the Joseph story that, that the family is all connected to each other, that Joseph is who, whom they mistreated is, is actually becoming, as it were, the savior of the body. And yet, and, and so he's going to act redemptively, not responding to their evil with evil, but respond to their evil with what God has put before him. And so in our, in our natural tendency of connectedness, what we tend to do is not work redemptively, but blame. We, we have something we don't like about our lives and or we don't want to face, and so we blame someone, our parents, or this or that, and, and that allows us to shift the blame from ourselves. It's a pattern as old as the Garden of Eden. Um, but when we come into the reality of redemption in the body of Christ, our new vocation is to work for for the redemption of the body, so that now when evil is done to me, or when I when I am the object of that of something that I you know wasn't just or fair, I learn to we're, we're called to learn like Christ to certainly process our own experience of sadness, but also for the purposes of forgiving. Of, of letting go, of, of understanding how God, um, people may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And um, if St. Paul plays on this a lot in the theology of the body of Christ when he, when he says, you know, uh, uh, I, I, he works to, to complete in his body what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. And so when each of us as a member of the body are able to respond to the evil, you know, to what we experience, whatever we experience in the body, redemptively, 
and and then work uh, rise above it, see the larger things God is doing, and then affect the body for the good. This this working redemptively for the good of others, not being bitter, resentful, unforgiving, angry, but be but receiving grace understanding the larger purpose of God, and then working for the good of others. That's the pattern uh, that we're called to transfer into. And of course, we're not all there yet. We all have our uh, bitterness and things like this, but Lent's a good time to think about this as we look at our lives. What is the passage of life uncovered uh, about us? Will we face it now? Will we allow God to come into that situation, um, forgive our sins, order the things that have been done to us in ways that work redemption and and move forward without bitterness. Now, instead of being angry at people, instead we begin to pray for people and we begin to be agents of redemption uh, in in you know in their lives and and we fulfill our vocation as members of the body of Christ. So, a few thoughts about today's lesson. O oh God, the Creator and Preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways done unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them, according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Monday and great start to your week. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Bob. I think Father Bob. Thank you, Bishop Scott. Bye.